Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. Bloody hell. Frothy. ASMR. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Two Geeks, Two Beers, your semi-regular dose of geek trivia and boozy banter. I'm <laughs> I'm Ultra Morganus, and with me, my Hasbro, it's Megatom. <laughs> oh, hello, I like that one. Hello. Yes, this time around, I'm tackling Transformers, a vast media franchise, of course, and you could do entire episodes about just the toys, or the comics, or the live-action movies. I thought focusing this episode purely on my Transformers, that being the uh, Generation 1 animated series, would keep things manageable. Au contraire! Um, <laughs> it, is, it is a beast. Yeah, I, wasn't, of- I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with when, what, how long you told me your, your notes your notes in, in preparation for this episode were. No, 15 pages, front and back. <laughs> it, is, um, it is a beast of a franchise, even before you get to Beast Wars. Uh, so, coming up on this episode, how Transformers predicted the rise of Trump. Uh, why Megatron should never transform, and how a children's cartoon series made to sell toys descended into brutal violence and bad language. <laughs> so, Tom, what is your knowledge of this franchise? Are you, and I've just made this up, I think, a fans former? Oh, fans former. Doesn't that implies work. that you used to be a fan and not anymore. <laughs> that's no, that's true, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I. <sighs> Do you know what you're, going to, you're probably going to? You're probably going to teach me about uh, where it was on telly in this country in the UK because I, I feel like it was another one of those ones similar to The Simpsons growing mm. up where it didn't seem to be on normal telly. It seemed to mm. be, for whatever reason, it just passed me by. It's, I was I was always aware of Transformers because I'd see it in like adverts for the toys and you'd hear the the theme tune as it were. And I used to always think, oh, they're great. And I had lots of Transformers toys. I had lots of. Um, you know, they're, they're the ultimate toy, really, aren't they, mm. growing up? It's both cars and robots. Brilliant. What more do you want? Um, uh, and so I, I knew about them, and um, I really enjoyed them. But I don't remember ever sitting down and watching the, the cartoon series or the film. And so I, it just, just passed me by in that respect. So I don't know if it just wasn't on normal, regular terrestrial TV, but maybe it was. Well, so the series, which um, was billed officially as The Transformers, note the definite mm. article, um, but was later referred to by fans and eventually uh, officially branded as Generation 1 or G1, <laughs> a bit like how original flavour Star Trek is now referred to as the original series or TOS. I was just, I was just thinking of G4, the vocal group. For <laughs> <laughs> the first version of them. Yes, the, uh, the, the, yeah, they're the most modern variant <laughs> of, uh, of Transformer. Uh, so the show ran for... Four seasons, a total of 98 episodes, from September 17th, 1984 to November the 11th, 1987. Now, So it's a lot earlier than I thought, I've got to say. Yeah. yeah well, uh, so it's before my time then, a little bit. Exactly. So I, I was born in 86, you were 85, right? 86 as well, mate. 86 uh, as well. I always, yeah. yeah sorry, you just, just think I'm older than you. Such an old soul, you just, just assume no. <laughs> that, and, that and your haggard appearance. It's because, I, it's because I know you're slightly older than me. Anyway, so yeah, so Transformers is, is slightly too old to fall within our, our purview. Yeah. But as with many of the topics we've tackled on this podcast, like Thundercats, like Ulysses 31, mm. uh, no longer our least popular episode, by the way, listen, <laughs> um, I, I inherited VHS tapes of this from yeah. my brother, who is slightly older and was born in 1980. So I, you're right, I don't really remember watching Transformers on TV. I, watched, I experienced it purely through the medium mm. of VHS. Ah, oh, good old days. We used to have to, yeah, just the idea of doing that now, just rewinding. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, uh, thing is, DVDs—they made it out like they'd improve things, but they hadn't mm. really. Because with VHS, obviously, you put it in, and you've got to fast forward the crap at the beginning, all the logos mm. and all that, and get mm. to it. But DVDs—they're like, oh look, it's, it's all brand new and swish. It's not. It's actually—it's it's actually worse. You've got to put them in. You can't skip the first few things. You've got mm. to wait for it. On certain players, they don't skip. Then you've got the menus, which take fucking ages. Can't skip those either. And then to go from one bit to another bit, it's like. And then the menu change. If your if your VHS was was buggered, all you needed was a biro, and you could like (laughs) rewind that bad boy. DVD scratched. You're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. 
Uh, so we we had a, a couple of official VHS releases of certain episodes. It wasn't you know back in the days of full season box sets. It was just like mm. one or two episodes. Um, and then I uh, we so we had those. And then I filled in the gaps by going back watching earlier episodes by renting again a relic of the past from my yeah. local video rental store called Cats, <laughs> where uh, kids kids got a marshmallow flump with every rental. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like again, kids were going to get these 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 flumps with every rental, and I, I was still going there when I was about like fifteen, sixteen, and they stopped giving the, the flumps as a given, and I I sort of a bit embarrassed, and I had to be like, can I uh, can I have a flump as well, please? You're and not onto the harder stuff at that point, then. No, <laughs> give me a beer with it, or something. but the person behind the counter mm. would give me a bit of a look, like really, it's a bit like you know, still getting a lollipop when you go to the doctors. Um, but I just I just love this series. It was it was as you say. Cars, planes, robots, colourful, exciting, uh, funny, giant robots fighting, and I would say the best scene transition this side of Captain Scarlet. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Transformers was was hugely popular in the in the nineteen eighties. Uh, in fact, one of our listeners, Scott Matheson. Uh, he got in touch on Twitter to say, in 1984, a year after Return of the Jedi, Transformers was my first post-Star Wars obsession. I used to race home from school to watch Transformers every weekday afternoon, then recreate my favourite scenes with the toys. So, it was um, the series, the animated series, was based upon uh, Hasbro's Transformers toy line. But even there, the this this is where I knew I, I, I was in trouble, because even there, the, the origins are, are quite complex. Um... So it was toys first, very much a toy well, thing first. Well, pretty much at the same time because so the animated oh. series was launched in 1984 um, alongside the toy line. So these toys are what's known as mecha toys, which is a mm. Japanese term for sci-fi about giant robots. I love that they have a specific term for that. Um, and the the toys were distributed by Hasbro, and the original toy line was created primarily from toy molds produced by the Japanese company Takara. Uh, specifically their Diaclone and Microman ranges, uh, which were rebranded as Transformers for the US market. Now, Hasbro had previously worked with Marvel Comics um, to launch a range of G.I. Joe toys. So it was this kind of like three-pronged marketing approach where they had the toys. At the same time, Marvel Comics launched a comic book. And at the same time as that, they also launched an animated uh, series, which was produced by uh, Marvel's media arm, Marvel Productions, and then with that having been a success for GI Joe, they took a similar approach to Transformers. So it's all all one wow. big push. So, so I suppose I suppose Star Wars was like maybe the first thing where they really saw the power of doing like yeah, merch mm. and action figures based on your characters and stuff. They saw how huge they were, and so by the mid, well, early to mid eighties, yeah, people. The companies thought, well, why don't we just <laughs> do things based instantly at the same time? Exactly, it wasn't it wasn't like a spin off. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the the toys were not a, a merchandise for the series. That if anything, mm. it was the other way around, where the series existed purely to promote to promote the toys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the New York City based ad agency Griffin Bacall. Uh, were involved in developing the franchise. And Jay Bacall, who was the son of the company's founder, Joe, uh, is credited with coming up with the name The Transformers. Uh, Marvel Comics editor-in-chief Jim Shooter then came up with the premise of two warring factions of alien robots, the heroic Autobots and the evil Decepticons, uh, with editor Bob Budayansky then fleshing out the concepts with character names and profiles. So he invented the likes of Optimus Prime and Megatron. Then... Uh, Japanese designer Shohei Kohara created the earliest character models, so sort of the looks of the characters, and then these designs were tweaked by the illustrator Floro Derry, who went on to become lead designer for the series. So the name came from one person, the concept from someone else, the characters from another, and then the look from another source again. So there's no one sole creator mm. of Transformers, it's one big creative collaboration. This is this is a rare example where a, a committee approach actually worked wonders. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a, a camel is a horse designed by committee, or yeah. Transformers is a animated series designed by committee. Do you know, what? I thought I thought I was going to say something really clever there, and then it was like as, as I kept speaking, I realised that you were, I had... you, were, you were saying it whilst you were taking a swig of your beer. So I think. <laughs> I realised, I was like, I've got something really profound, or at least witty to say here, and then I realised, as I stared into my half-drunken pint, that I had nothing to say. Um, so, 
we'll, we'll, we'll briefly touch on the the um, the characters of Transformers because you were saying to me before we started recording that you you only know of Optimus Prime. That's the only Transformer you know of, and and, and Megatron. Well, now that I've said that, you... <laughs> only because you reminded me of it. But yeah. he's the he's the main baddie guy, isn't he? Correct. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Oh, and Bumblebee. But again, only because of the films. I don't. I can't remember them otherwise. So it is. You know. It is. It's yeah. tragic that other than the toys when you were a kid, that your main exposure to this franchise is through the mm. Michael Bay movies. But that is a shame. There you go. Oh, actually, Bumblebee. I mean, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about those movies. But Bumblebee is actually pretty pretty legit. The rest are are. I really enjoyed trash. the first one. I really enjoyed the first oh. one when it came out. Mm. I think I think again it's one of the things where when it came out that era of that kind of action film of like mm. 2007 sort of era it worked. It was all right. I was, and I've watched it since and gone. Ugh. I don't know if it's just because it's Shia LaBeouf and I can't stand him or what. Yeah, but, you know, I I, I, yeah. I was I was well up for it at the time, um, being like, oh, it's the first live action Transformers movie. This is going to be incredible. And the moment where it lost me was there's a scene where Shia LaBeouf's character is trying to sneak. Uh, the Autobots, I don't know, into his house or something, even though they're giant robots, don't worry about it. And Optimus Prime, like, steps on something and, like, squashes it. And he goes, sorry, my bad. My bad. My bad. And I was like, I can't, be- how dare you make Optimus Prime say that? And that was, I, I was like, nah, I'm out now. Checked out. Oops, sorry, my bad. Didn't they end up time travelling a Winston Churchill in the end? Is that how it was- <laughs> The franchise went. Look, I I checked out halfway okay. through the first movie. I did, yeah, not not watch the sequels, but no, I do. I I think didn't like Anthony Hopkins play yeah. Winston Churchill yeah. or something. I don't. God. There's part of me because I love the Fast and Furious films so much. There's part of me is like, look, look, there must be must be some sort of nerdy element to this that I actually quite enjoy. So one day I'm gonna make an effort and sit down and watch all the Transformers films. But mm. something tells me I'm gonna regret it afterwards. So. <laughs> I think I think you will. Yeah. Um, so there are, there are too many Transformers characters to to run through them all. There are literally hundreds, mm. and we would be here all day. But just a few of my favourites very quickly. So. Uh, you have Optimus Prime, who is, of course, the courageous leader of the Autobots. He uh, transforms into a Freightliner truck. Uh, and when Optimus is in vehicle mode, his truck form has a massive trailer on the back, which disappears when he transforms into his robot body. Uh, many fans have wondered what exactly happens to the trailer during the transformations, but no explanation has ever been given. Is just- it like Superman, who his outfit just disappears? Does like it? When he when he when, well, when he goes into the the phone box and yeah. it changes, where does where all the clothes go? Uh, yeah, no, it's a good point because like Spider Man leaves a little like web sack with his clothes in and yeah. then comes back and gets yeah. it later. And then and what's the other one? Um, oh, uh, the Hulk. What happens to his clothes? Well, well, they, they... Is, he, is he is he always naked when he comes back too? I can't no, remember. No, always... no, no. The Hulk, like uh, everything. Because obviously, like his body expands when Bruce Banner yeah. becomes the Hulk, so all of his clothes are like torn to shreds. Except handily his purple pants, which uh, oh right, yeah, pants must, are fine. Yeah. Which must be made of some stretchy material, which uh, yeah, it's, it's so you don't see Hulk schlong. Basically, is they've, <laughs> they've done, that's why they've done that. Um, so Optimus was voiced by Peter Cullen, uh, who also yeah. voiced Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh, and oh, I didn't know that. And as, as I believe we discovered, sort of live on air, as it were, he, he uh, provided the sort of vocal sounds of the Predator in Predator. Yeah. Um, yeah. His voice for Optimus Prime was apparently part inspired by John Wayne, um, but also um, by advice from his older brother Larry, who was a soldier in Vietnam. Uh, He said, Peter, don't be a Hollywood superhero. Be a real superhero. Real superheroes don't yell and act tough. They are tough enough to be gentle. So control yourself. So Optimus Prime is very chill. Very chill. Follow me, Autobots, into the crevice. Some other characters you had, as you mentioned, the small, eager and brave Bumblebee, who could transform into a 1979 VW Beetle, the cool, stylish Jazz, who transformed into a 1976 Porsche 935 and was voiced by the shining actor Scatman Crowthers. Uh, You had Optimus Prime's bodyguard, Ironhide, who was also voiced by Peter Cullen, with a southern accent for some reason. (laughs) I, I don't know if it's like the Doctor Who rule where, like, Lots of planets have a Texas, but um, yeah, Ironhide, Ironhide had a southern accent. He'd say, uh, "Come on, Prime, let's blast those Decepticons." Uh, very odd. That sounds like that sounds like um, the Juggernaut bitch meme. <laughs> I'm the Juggernaut. You better blast those Decepticons, Prime. Uh, um, 
Then of course, yeah. Uh, on the on the opposite side, you had the ruthless Megatron, whose name was devised by Bob Budiansky as a fusion of Megaton, like the bomb, and electronic. Uh, and he was voiced by Frank Welker, who is one of the greatest voice artists of all time. So he's also the voice of Fred in Scooby Doo uh, since nice. the late '60s. Uh, also the voice of Scooby Doo himself since 2002, and the voice of what Dr. he's still doing it, still doing it. Yeah, amazing. Oh, amazing! And uh, and and the voice of uh, Doctor Claw in Inspector Gadget, among among many more. I'll nice. get you next time. Catch it next time. That is, so that good. is one of not only terrifying, but that is one of the best impressions in your repertoire. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's James Stewart, Tom Jones, and uh, Doctor Claw <laughs> from Inspector Gadget. And they're like, yep, yeah, you're through. You're through. You're performing at the Royal Variety for the Queen. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's over, Prime. You just don't know it. <laughs> now, this this I never understood about Me- about Megatron. Megatron can transform into uh, a gun that resembles a Wal- a Walther P three eight or P thirty eight that shoots lasers. But he already has a much larger sonic cannon on his arm. <laughs> why so, would you? So, so why would he transform? He's got a huge gun on his arm. Why would he transform himself into a smaller gun? Also, when he transforms, someone else has to then he can't. Fo- someone else has to then yeah. like, pick him up and use him and fire him. So he just yeah, sort it's not of like a gun with legs. No, so that would be just little legs running around. So he sort of transforms and then just sort of lies useless on the ground until someone else picks him up. I don't know why he ever bothers to transform I also yeah. as, as we got on to Starscream who is the um, uh, another Decepticon who wants to usurp Megatron just step on him just step on him when he's in, in like useless gun form lying on the ground can't do anything <laughs> so, so how big is he normally <laughs> yeah you, you have identified a key issue there he's like fucking massive he's like yeah. huge yeah but he, could tur- but he could turn into a handgun but only a hang but so that was so whenever whoever it was that said uh, this is your skill, this is what you can transform into, mm. he got lumber- lumbered with that. Why well, not like a tank or something? Well, no. So when they arrive on Earth, because it is it, for you know for <laughs> what is what is a kids show in the eighties, which was basically made to sell toys, they didn't need to put this much thought into it. So it, it could have been worse. Uh, on in the early scenes when they're on their home planet of Cybertron, they transform into like spaceships and stuff. When they arrive on oh. Earth. They then like like a probe goes out and like scans our cars, our planes and stuff, and then feeds it back. So they go, oh, that's how you can blend in on this planet. So it does kind of make sense. What doesn't okay. make sense is how the this enormous fucking Megatron yeah. can transform into a, into a handgun. That doesn't. Yeah. What what do they look like normally? Big robots. But but they're, <laughs> so, but Optimus Prime is a big robot with bits of the the truck that he's transforming into, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, but what, he, what did he look like in his home planet? Well, well, no, he, different he looks, color, different paint, different paintwork back there, wouldn't it? No, he, he looks, he looks kind of the same, but he transforms into like a spaceship with the same colors as this, uh, as this truck. But again, oh, he doesn't. That's lucky, he doesn't, isn't it? He doesn't, uh, yeah, and he doesn't have the trailer. The trailer again just appears as, as if from nowhere. Also, oh, um, it's like magic. Yeah. You know, the whole thing's magic. I can't, yeah. I can't start. I can't start going uh, taking. But it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like you're, you're fighting a losing battle with that one. Yeah. Um, so Megatron had uh, an awesome voice uh, provided by Frank Welker. It sounds like someone's been gargling gravel. It's it's amazing. In fact, on Welker's request, uh, Megatron's lines were always saved for the end of each recording session because the character's raspy voice put such a strain on his vocal cords that he wouldn't have been able to do any other voices uh, for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. Uh, you also had Soundwave, who was also voiced by Welker and was known for his uh, monotone voice. Uh, again, not the not not the best power. He could uh, he could transform into a cassette recorder. Um, <laughs> when you think when you think like a well, lot it was of, the eighties. When know. you think a lot of his mates are like you know they're like in uh, you know, jet jet planes and and tanks and all that kind of stuff. And he was he was a cassette recorder. Um, but. but- once they've picked a thing, is, mm. is he not allowed to then transform into something else? No, Do you know what I mean, no, you can only. So transform- once you've picked it, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck with what you. So you gotta, 
Got to put some real thought into what you're going to be. So you you got to hope that tapes don't go out of fashion in a couple of decades. Well, it, exactly. Like this was the 80s, right? So when you get to like yeah. the 90s, it because it, it, the whole point was he was like a, a Decepticon spy who could just sit around. Again, somehow he was massive, but could turn into like a normal sized cassette recorder, and he would just be there, you know, surreptitiously yeah. recording shit that he would then report back to Megatron. Once you know CD players came into vogue, and I, and it, and then the iPod. I mean, he would have yeah. Everyone yeah. should be like, "What's this tape recorder doing here?" Straight in the bin. Um, but it worked in the eighties. Uh, it was it was acceptable yeah. in the eighties. Uh, you also had Starscream, uh, who, as I mentioned, was a devious Decepticon who transformed into a nineteen seventy five F fifteen Eagle and wanted to usurp Megatron. He was voiced by Christopher Collins, who also voiced Cobra Commander in GI Joe using. Pretty much the same voice, if I'm honest. Um, and was also, I didn't know this, the original voice of Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. Oh. Um, before being oh. replaced by Harry Shearer. So there you go. I didn't know there was another one. No. Uh, so we had a question in from one of our listeners, uh, Theo, who asks, who is the most underrated Autobot and Decepticon from the G1 series, in your opinion? Uh, most underrated Autobot. Thanks for asking, Theo. Uh, most <laughs> underrated Autobot. I would say I'm a big fan of Wheeljack. Uh, who also, of course, in turn gave us the Dinobots, R.I.P. Wheeljack. Um, and for me, the most underrated Decepticon is, quite simply, Shockwave. Great character, great design, great voice. Uh, spent years, as well, holding the fort on Cybertron. Uh, and we never found out if he survived the movie or not, so hashtag justice for Shockwave. Um, is he like that Thunderbird that's always yeah, in space? Yeah, no, exactly. He's, 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 he's the John Tracy of, uh, of Transformers. He was the one who was left on Cybertron while everyone else got to have fun and frolics on Earth. Um, also, also underrated, not a character as such, but a quick shout out to uh, Victor Caroli, who is the narrator of Transformers. And his voice mm. for me is every bit as memorable as the other voice actors. He was also the narrator for the TV series Robotics, um, which was another Transformers-esque series produced in 1985, around the same time. Again, it was based on a toy line, and uh, it was advertised, there was a trailer for it, on the start of the Transformers VHS tapes I had as a kid. And I've <laughs> never actually seen this series, Robotics. But even today, sometimes I'll just think about this trailer and think about his voice in particular. Have a, have a, this will translate to audio. Listen to this. To survive a cosmic storm that devastates their planet, the Protectons and Terracors are forced to transfer their essences into the human Huge, powerful bodies of robotics. robotics. And once again, the ancient hostilities between the Valiant Protectons and the evil Terracors erupt into violence, each side made stronger by an organic interface with human beings. Who puts the future in your hands? Robotics. 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 I just, I, I love, I love his voice. The evil Terracors. Incredible. <laughs> Who speaks like that? Incredible. <laughs> Um, so the series of the Transformers and the spin-off film uh, depict the long war between the Autobots and the Decepticons first on Earth and later out in the far reaches of space Uh, and across the show's four seasons you had several different variants on the theme song now you know me Tom I love a theme song that explains the entire premise of a show and perhaps the king of the genre is is Transformers? Let's have a yeah, blast. I think, I think this is. I think this has come out before, hasn't it? This yeah. has been the, always the benchmark of this it, sort of. Absolutely thing. the benchmark. Let's have a blast of the original theme from season one. It's it's got everything you need, and the Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The whole premise doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. <laughs> but what I like is because the, that, the bit before that and the bit after that is all very electronic-y, mm. almost Daft Punk-esque, and then that's that little bit in the middle. It's like the bit in Live and Let Die, which goes a bit too. What bonkers, does it matter it? to you when you got a job to do? Yeah. You gotta do it well. It's very strange, but yeah, no, one of the best TV theme tunes of all time. I'd say. Yeah. So the the theme was written by uh, Ford Kinder and Anne Bryant, um, 
But uh, Robert J. Walsh, he composed the show's incidental music. And though he didn't write the theme for Transformers, he did uh, co-write the themes to Muppet Babies and Defenders of the Earth, two of the other greatest theme songs of all time. So don't feel too bad for Robert. Uh... (laughs) So Transformers Transformers launched with a three-part pilot miniseries, uh, which was retroactively titled More Than Meets the Eye, uh, which follows the Autobots and the Decepticons as they leave their homeworld of Cybertron to search for new sources of energy to revitalise their war efforts, only to crash land on Earth, where they remain entombed and offline for four million years, uh, finally awakening in the year 1984. The Decepticons set about pillaging the energy sources of Earth, while the Autobots, aided by the human father and son Sparkplug and Spike Witwicky, uh, attempt to protect the new world on which they find themselves. Uh, and the miniseries concludes with the Decepticons believed dead after their space cruiser is sent plunging into the ocean depths, while the Autobots prepare to return to Cybertron. It's a bit of a recurring theme. Basically, every episode of the first season ends with someone going, Well, we've sure seen the last of the Decepticons this time, huh, Prime? He's like, Yes. No. No. Um, but the um, this 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 three part miniseries was followed by a thirteen episode first season, which was commissioned and produced actually before the pilot miniseries had aired, uh, and was broadcast between October and December on on Saturday mornings. And uh, it follows uh, the Decepticons' plan to construct a space bridge to teleport resources back to Cybertron, uh, and also introduces the paraplegic computer expert Chip Chase who uh, joins Spike and Sparkplug as a new human ally for the Autobots. Uh, And this season also introduced several new characters from the upcoming 1985 uh, toy line in advance of the toys' releases, including the Constructicons, uh, who were able to merge into a giant robot, Devastator, and, uh, my favourites, the Dinobots, led by Grimlock! And now, fellow Autobots, and especially Optimus Prime... It gives me great pleasure to present... Will you get to the point? Autobots, meet Dinobots. Look at the size of those things. Great Cybertrons. Holy Hectrodyne. Allow me to introduce... Grimlock, Slag, and Sludge. Dinobots, huh? I thought you were supposed to make dinosaurs. <laughs> Dinobots, transform. Interesting. But what else can they do? Dinobots, clear this rubble and be quick about it. The Dinobots have simple brains, just like real dinosaurs. But nobody's perfect. However, we're working on improving their... They've got haywire. One thing, to make anything cool, they just add dinosaurs to it. It's just, as we learned last week in the the episode, dinosaurs. Um, But also, what were they called? Slag and slut. (laughs) <laughs> no, one was called Sludge, Thomas. Sludge. Uh, and uh, no, there was a, a Dinobot called Slag. Um, oh, but, right. but yeah, Slag, in the way you're thinking, is very much a, 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 a Br- British slang. Uh, I think they're thinking more like a slag heap. Um, just, the way, just the way they introduced them. <laughs> May I introduce to you uh, whatever his first name was? Robert Slag and Slut. Is that of Jesus Christ? <laughs> Sorry, Rob, Robert. <laughs> I can't remember what his first one was called. Gr- what was it? Grimlock. The missing... Grimlock. I love, I love it. The missing Dinobot. Robert. <laughs> uh, so, uh, following the first season, funnily enough, was the second season, uh, which oh, right. which aired in... Uh, yeah, they thought they'd mix it up. Which aired in uh, 1985 uh, and ran for 49 episodes. Uh, the Whoa. Yeah, well, the classic theme tune got a revamp for season two, and I'd argue that this souped-up new take is the definitive version. Autobots, Autobots, 
So season two expanded on the history of Cybertron and revealed the history of Optimus Prime. Uh, he was originally Orion Pax, a factory worker, wounded in a Decepticon attack and rebuilt as the Autobots' new leader. Uh, season 2 also introduced new characters like Spike's girlfriend Carly and new Transformers variants uh, from the 1986 toy line, including the Aerial Bots, the Combaticons and the Stunticons. The Stunticons! Um, uh, yeah, you have to be careful saying that one, I think. <laughs> I <know. laughs> I would, yeah, let's leave that there. Uh, uh, also, season two also features uh, a two-parter, two of my favourite episodes, my two favourite episodes of Transformers, which I had on VHS as a kid, uh, Megatron's Master Plan, which sees the Decepticons team up with Sean Berger, a rich businessman with political aspirations, so a bit of a, a Donald Trump figure. Um, he, uh, they, they, they team up with Berger to turn the public against the Autobots, claiming that they were the real villains who'd framed the Decepticons. Now, never mind that the Decepticons have been seen to be terrorising humanity for years at this point, or the fact that they're called the Decepticons. Um, <laughs> it's all just fake news. Um, once, once it's uh, gone through Berger's media empire. <laughs> Greetings, Mr. Burger. I trust your fight wasn't too unpleasant. Perhaps you recognize me. I am Megatron, leader of the Decepticons. I'm a big man in these parts. If you hurt me, you'll suffer for it. Hurt you, Mr. Burger? I want to help you. It pains me to see a man of your obvious brilliance deceived by Autobot propaganda. Autobot propaganda? You see, you are so brainwashed by it that you don't even suspect that they are evil and we are good. Oh, the power of public relations. Do you expect me to believe this? Not yet. It is hard to tear away the veil of ignorance. But if I show you proof, would you use your power and influence to help us? Suppose you are telling me the truth. What's in it for me? All that you survey, the entire city will be yours. Uh, first, you must prove that the Autobots are evil. I shall. Dirge, take our friend home. I love how <laughs> camp Megatron is in that scene. He's like, <laughs> is a little bit. Oh, the yeah. power of public relations. Um. So, to promote the 1986 toy line uh, further in Japanese markets, a single Japanese-exclusive episode, Transformers Scramble City, was also released direct-to-video in the spring of 1986, though this is not part of the American continuity. We'll get more into that into that later, the separate American and Japanese continuities for Transformers. But Scramble City was later made available as an extra on the DVD release of Transformers the movie for, for Western audiences. Now... This is the point at which, after two seasons, Transformers took the leap to the big screen, and I would I would argue it peaked. Uh, so the imaginatively transtitled The Transformers The Movie uh, was released to US cinemas on the 8th of August 1986, and in the UK on the 12th of December, more than four months later. Wouldn't happen now. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, co-produced and directed by Nelson Shin, who also produced the television series and later worked on The Simpsons, Batman the Animated Series, and X-Men, and contributed to the animation of the lightsaber blades in the original Star Wars. Uh, and it was written by Ron Friedman, uh, who also worked on the 90s Fantastic Four and Iron Man animated series. Uh, the film's story takes place in the far-flung future of 2005, uh, set 20 years after the events of the TV series' second season, uh, and its lead human character is Daniel Witwicky, Spike and Carly's son, with Spike returning in a supporting role. Uh, Carly does not appear in the film, though she returns in future episodes, though no mention is ever made of uh, of Spike's father, Sparkplug, or Chip. Their fates are never revealed. But it was probably just as well that they gave this one a miss, because the Transformers movie is renowned for its violence and brutal dispatching of beloved characters from the first two seasons. Uh, famously, Hasbro demanded that the film be used to wipe out the old toy line, 
which means established characters, so that they could launch a new toy line, uh, meaning introducing new Transformers. Uh, so the movie kills off many original characters, including but not limited to Ironhide, Ratchet, Prowl, Brawn, Wheeljack, Windcharger, Skywalk, Thundercracker, Shrapnel, Kickback, and Bombshell. They are all casualties. Oh, I haven't even started. Um, we also discovered that the character of Huffer, uh, in the third season, it's revealed that he just died at some point off camera. Didn't even get an on-screen, on-screen mm. death. But uh, here's a, here's a taste of the kind of brutality that uh, Transformers the movie was was dishing out. And bear in mind that the characters we see killed here are like char- regular characters from the first two seasons, beloved by their child audience. Death and Destruction was to the soundtrack of like a an 80s <laughs> hair metal <laughs> anthem. Uh, and so that is just a taste of it because though writer Ron Friedman was opposed to the idea, the film even killed off Optimus Prime. Something tells me not forever. <laughs> well, wait, wait and see. Don't spoil it. I fear the wounds are fatal. Do not grieve. Soon, I shall be one with the Matrix. Prime. Uh, 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 Ultra Magnus, it, it is to you, old friend. I shall pass the Matrix of Leadership as it was passed to me. But Prime, I'm, I'm just a soldier. I. I'm not worthy. Uh, Nor was I. But one day, an Autobot shall rise from our ranks and use the power of the Matrix to light our darkest hour. Until that day, till all are one. Very moving. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Up there. Gotta say, gotta say, the music in that was 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 tippy top. That was was very good. (laughs) Up there with Farthing Wood, I'd say, in terms of. uh, traumatic childhood experiences inflicted by animation uh apparently early drafts of the film were even more violent with uh with more characters killed off and more violent deaths for those that were killed uh so in the film in a brutal final face-off optimus prime and megatron are both left mortally wounded a dying megatron is jettisoned into space by his treacherous second-in-command starscream but his body is discovered and rebuilt by unicron a sentient planet voiced by orson wells uh, <laughs> in, in in what was his final film role of all time wow um uh, Megatron is transformed into Galvatron, voiced by Leonard Nimoy, uh, and returns and murders Starscream. <laughs> it's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> 
Decepticons. As your new leader, I... Who disrupts my coronation? Coronation, Starscream? This is bad comedy. Megatron? Is that you? Here's a hint. Anyone else attempt to fill his shoes? What did he say his name was? Galvatron! Dramatic stuff there, but Starscream was a little bitch and he had it coming. Uh, <laughs> so, so, um, Megatron becomes Galvatron. Correct. But he has a new voice now. Yes. So when he becomes even more evil, he turns into Leonard Nimoy for some reason. Yeah, but um, w- w- this was in the movie, and when uh, when the, the series returned, Leonard had better things to be doing. So Frank Welker <laughs> came back to voice Galvatron, but using a different voice to the one he used for Megatron. Um, so he's having to do like a Leonard Nimoy. Um, well, no, it doesn't. He's not, like, he's, he's not like doing his best Spock. It, it's sort of like a, it's, it's like an, another different take. Right. Um, okay. So, so Optimus Prime again also dies, uh, handing the Matrix of Leadership over to Autobot Commander Ultra Magnus. It's a bit of a sort of Captain America's shield situation. Um, <laughs> but then Ultra Magnus is blown apart and loses the Matrix to Galvatron, though he is later reassembled. Um, but that leaves the Autobot Hot Rod to assume the mantle of leadership, uh, recovering the Matrix and becoming Rodimus Prime, leading the Autobots <laughs> to victory over the Decepticons. Uh But it is not just the violence and the grim demise of beloved characters that made this film feel more mature. Look! It isn't even dented! Oh shit, what are we gonna do now? (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) As a kid, that was the best bit in the whole oh, film. Yeah. So ex- so exciting. Oh shit, what are we gonna do now? I was like, yes, he says shit. Incredible. Is it is it one of those rules where you're allowed to do one shit in a film, as it were? <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that line was uh, was cut from subsequent VHS releases. Um, well, I'm not surprised, Potty Mouth. <laughs> but but was later restored on VHS and DVD. Uh, the closest the original series has come to such foul language was uh, one use of bloody in the episode "The Girl Who Loved Power Glide." But a shit a shit was inserted into the movie, so to speak, um, <laughs> to guarantee it a PG rating. Uh, because back then, uh, G-rated movies, so the equivalent of, like, RU, um, mm. c- could not be played as often in theatres. Um, so the idea was by getting it a PG rating, it would get more screenings uh, and make more money at the box office. This did not work. Uh, <laughs> Transformers, the movie, cost $6 million to make, which was uh, six times greater than what the equivalent 90 minutes of the series would have cost. And it was not a success at the box office. Um, it opened in 14th place uh, uh, and ended up making less than its budget. Although, do you know what, Tom? It, it has since gone on to become a cult classic. It has. A, it, it does have a cult following. Yeah. yeah. Um... And it also received, funnily enough, a bit of a bashing from critics at the time. Um, yeah. Leonard Moulton, he called it uh, little more than an obnoxious feature-length toy commercial. But contemporary reviews have been more positive. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes' critical consensus calls the film a surprisingly dark, emotional, and almost excessively cynical experience for Transformers fans. In fact, according to IMDb, <laughs> the film has parallels to The Godfather, with uh, <laughs> with the leader of the heroes, Vito Corleone slash Optimus Prime, being gunned down early in the film. Leadership is then passed to the second-in-command, Sonny, or Ultra Magnus, who proves not to be up to the task, and is ultimately gunned down by the villains, leading the youngest character, Michael, or Hot Rod, to return from exile to lead uh, bit of a stretch but uh, but there you go you could say that was IMD beta <laughs> you could and you should uh, 
So as you identified from just watching those clips, uh, Tom, Transformers the movie has a phenomenal uh, soundtrack. Uh, again, mm. again, Theo writing in on, on Twitter, he said, I adored the G1 series growing up, especially before the movie. The movie was awesome and devastating, and that soundtrack, fire emoji, fire emoji. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the soundtrack featured a new version of the Transformers theme produced by the rock band Lion and, most memorably, rock ballad The Touch, performed by Stan Bush, uh, a song that was originally actually written for the Sylvester Stallone action movie Cobra, but has since become synonymous with Transformers. After all is said and done, you never walk, you I don't know much about the uh, the output of Stan Bush, but I am 100% sold on that. That was yeah. absolutely fantastic. That was brilliant. <laughs> uh, Got to love a bit of so what they So he did Stan write that for Cobra, and Stallone was like, nah. So it just went straight to Transformers instead. Yeah, apparently. Oh, how dare you? How dare you, Stallone? Um, yeah. You know, Cobra's loss was Transformers the movie's gain. Definitely. So after the movie... Uh, season three of the show picked up where the movie left off, with the Autobots now in control of Cybertron once more, working to restore their homeworld and serving as peacemakers for worlds all across the galaxy, while the Decepticons were living in exile on the ruined planet of Char, uh, led by Galvatron. Uh, and we got uh, another new version of the theme song, which I like to call the Pa 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 version. <laughs> Very much like The Wire. I like how Transformers uh, does a different theme tune. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. Yeah. Pa, pa, pa. Right. Uh, so the uh, the death of Optimus Prime, as you predicted, um, proved a controversial move and did not sit well with the viewing audience, re- resulting in a lesser writing campaign that ultimately uh, compelled Hasbro to resurrect the Autobot leader uh, in a two-part season finale called The Return of Optimus Prime, which aired in March 1987. Hashtag Restore Optimus Prime. Um, (laughs) That's what it would be today. Uh, And then following the third season, uh, Transformers came to a close in November 1987 with a broadcast of an abridged uh, fourth season, a three-part finale miniseries Uh, called The Rebirth. Uh, There was a quasi-fifth season, in inverted commas, which (laughs) aired in 1988, which was composed entirely of re-edited old episodes and the Uh. movie edited into TV episodes. And it featured uh, new introductory sequences uh, featuring a human boy named Tommy Kennedy and a stop-motion machine prop Optimus Prime puppet. Puppet? (laughs) Puppet. I don't have much time today. I'm working on a special project for school. What's it about? Prime, just tell me how you and the other Autobots got to Earth. Okay, Tommy. I've handled enough emergencies to know that some things just can't wait. The Transformers first lived on the planet Cybertron. Prime, tell me something I don't know. Well, did you know that centuries of war had drained our planet of its precious energy resources? Whoa, looks like old Cybertron was ready for the scrap heap. Yes, it was. And the Autobots and Decepticons were on the verge of extinction. How'd they survive? They scoured the planet for what energy remained. But each side knew that at any moment, a battle could erupt. And that battle could be their last. What's the point? <laughs> like, 
It's like, do you remember the series that you watched literally last year? Well, here it is again with a weird intro. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you're a kid, I guess four or five years is a long time. You might have, but then just just show it again. Why do that? That's what I mean. Yeah, but you, I thought you said that this aired in 1988. It did. All right, so yes, yeah, so five years from the beginning. But yeah, like, but it's the it's the same. All right. <laughs> Uh, Transformers also aired in Japan, where it is known as Fight Super Robot Life Form Transformers. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Japanese series and the American series have notable differences within their continuity. Most notably, uh, the Rebirth or Season Four never aired in Japan. Uh, they instead created their own Transformer series, which picked up the story and took it in an entirely new direction. Oh, wow. So you've got a bit of a Transformers multiverse. Uh, that began with Transformers The Headmasters in 1987. Uh, it continued into Transformers Super God Master Force in 1988, <laughs> Transformers Victory in 1989, and the single episode director video outing Transformers Zone in 1990. Uh, these Japanese series were eventually released on DVD in the US at least uh, but are quite tricky now to get hold of but G1 was but the first of many series in the Transformers franchise and this is where you start getting into real bonkers freaky franchise uh, territory Mm. so there was a rival toy line and animated series GoBots uh, which was also about a race of transforming robots that was produced by Tonka but when Tonka was brought by Hasbro in 1991, GoBots became part of the Transformers multiverse. So again, oh. very much the uh, the Disney Fox acquisition of its day. Uh, yeah. There was also Transformers Generation 2, uh, a toy line launched in 1993, which were just basically tweaked versions of the G1 toys. And there was also a G2 animated series, sort of. Uh, so like the toys, it was just a tweaked version of G1. Uh, it was basically the old episodes with a new CGI opening and custom scene changes, and it's it's pretty ghastly. Driving to save the world from the evil Decepticons, the heroic Autobots are led by Optimus Prime. He's more than meets the eye, he's a robot in disguise. Going ballistic to destroy the Autobots and conquer mankind, the evil Decepticons are more than meets the eye. Heroic Autobots versus evil Decepticons with the fate of planet Earth hanging in the balance. Transformers Generation 2. And now, through the magic of the Cybernet Space Cube, the computer enhanced stories of the Transformers. Transformers Generation 2. Then the next Bonafide series, Bonafide, Bonafide, uh, the next series after G1 uh, came with the CGI animated Beast Wars and Beast Machines series, which were an attempt by Hasbro to completely rework the franchise. Uh, the Autobots and the Decepticons undergo a process known as the Great Upgrade to become the Maximals and the Predacons and take on robot animal forms. Uh, although it was controversial at the time uh, because it was seen as such a departure from the original format, uh, the series has sort of grown in stature over time. Many fans now consider Beast Wars to be one of, if not the best, uh, Transformers series. Indeed, uh, Rob, who is a loyal listener from the early days of this podcast, uh, he, he mentioned that although he's been dipping his toe into the original series via the movie and the uh, Marvel UK comics written by Simon Furman, he's more familiar with Beast Wars and is actually more a fan of that show. Uh, is, is is did you say Beast Wars? Is this still in the same continuity? So Beast Wars is, I think, I must admit, I've never actually seen Beast Wars. Um, I <laughs> I think it's from what I can gather, it was intended initially, at least, as a follow up to to G one. Um, right. I'm not sure if that kind of made it made it to screen. Um, that was then followed in uh, in 2001 by Transformers, colon, Robots in Disguise, uh, which ran for one season of 39 episodes. Now, confusingly, again, differences here, the Western edit, the sort of English dub, is a reboot, no connection to G1. The Japanese right. version, though, is makes it clear that Robots in Disguise does take place in the same continuity as G1 because the dialogue is different. And so it, in <laughs> Robots in Disguise in one country is a sequel and in another country is a reboot. But, uh, is, but in, in Japan, is it a sequel to their series? Uh, yeah, I guess it's a sequel to their their series, which didn't feature the original season four. Yeah. 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 Uh, this, wow. retu- this return to a more traditional... Oh, we haven't even started. This return to a more traditional <laughs> animation style, um, though sort of in a more anime style. Uh, we then had another reboot, 
which began in 2002, just one year after Robots in Disguise. Uh, that began with Transformers Armada, which ran for 52 episodes, followed by Transformers Energon, which was set 10 years later and ran for a further 51 episodes, and Transformers Cybertron, which again ran for 52 episodes. The next reboot then came five years later in 2007 uh, with a series known simply as Transformers Animated, uh, which yeah. for the first time incorporated elements from the 2007 live-action Transformers film. Uh, yeah. You then had a new whole Transformers range of series known as the Aligned Continuity, which launched with Transformers <laughs> Prime in 2010. Uh, that ran for three seasons and concluded with the television film Transformers Prime. I can't even speak. Need a drink. <laughs> I'm drying up. So so <laughs> so so when you say so, this is in the same continuity as the films. Is that what you no, mean? No, no, no. So oh, there was Transformers animated in 2007, which just sort of yeah. incorporated elements that the film had uh, films had introduced, but I don't think was set in the same continuity as the live action movie. Okay. Uh, you then had this new series or range of series known as the Aligned Continuity, which were not related to previous shows, but were all in the same continuity as each other. Um, what? <laughs> so, so it's, they, said they, they said they're not related to previous shows, but they are. No, they're not related to the previous shows, but they're related to each other. There's three shows now on the trot, which are all in the same continuity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Starting with Transformers Prime in 2010, which ran for three seasons, right, okay. and concluded yeah, with yeah, the yeah. television film Transformers Prime Beast Hunters Predacons Rising, um, <laughs> which aired on October the 4th, 2013. That was then followed by the younger skewing Transformers Rescue Bots in 2012, uh, which at four seasons and 104 episodes is the longest running Transformers series, <laughs> uh, surpassing the record set by the original by G1 at 98 episodes. You then had Transformers Go in 2013, uh, which is a Japanese-exclusive sequel to Transformers Prime Beast Hunters. Uh, in 2015, you have Transformers Robots in Disguise, which is no relation to the previous Robots in Disguise series from 2001, <laughs> uh, but is instead a sequel series to Transformers Prime. I feel like I'm talking okay. about the God of Gambler series. Uh, then yeah. in uh, 2019... You had uh, Transformers Rescue Bots Academy, which is a sequel series to Rescue Bots, aimed at an even younger audience than that show. And that is actually still on air. It's currently airing its second and final season. Um, There were also the online exclusive series Transformers Combiner Wars in 2016, Transformers Titans Return in 2017, and Transformers Power of the Primes in 2018. Uh, There was was also a Cartoon Network Uh. series, Transformers Cyberverse, which aired from 2018 Uh. to 2020, and was the first standalone Transformers show not connected to any larger continuity since Transformers Animated. And most recently, we have had Transformers The War for Cybertron trilogy, which launched on Netflix in July 2020. Uh, the Two chapters of that have been released. There are The third and final chapter is set to launch this July at the time of recording, uh, which means we t- have currently two different Transformers animated series set in uh, different continuities on the air with War for Cybertron and Rescue Bots Academy. And I mean, it's similar to when we've talked about um, Land Before Time or Power Rangers mm. or Turtles, where it's one of those things where you thought they ended years ago. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out all this time, under your nose, it's just been going on all this time. <laughs> I like, and you look up. <laughs> I like you make it sound like it's something devious about it. Like they were trying to, they were trying to cover it up. Oh, I see. I thought this was all done with, but turns out under my nose this whole time you've been putting out Transformer shows, and I had no idea. Well, bully for you. <laughs> but like, I mean, the films are very popular, so obviously there's a huge demand for it. And uh, yeah, I mean. Wow, I mean, good for him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. Very, very, very pleased. Very pleased that it's still going on. Well, that is that is it for now. Um, hopefully, if you're a first time listener, we've transformed you into a fan. If so, there's lots more at twogeeks2beers.com. Hours, hours and hours of the stuff. Uh, we're also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Global Player, and all other good podcast outlets. Don't just listen, be an active participant. Post a rating, <laughs> write a quick review, and all that jazz. Uh, and we're also on Patreon, where you can sponsor the podcast, helping to fund our recording sessions, uh, pay for upgrades to our equipment. All your money goes directly back into making the show and you'll get special bonus material that you can only get there. Patreon exclusive mini episodes, outtakes, uh, depending on how much you donate, even a mini episode or a full length episode that's exclusive to you. Uh, And a shout out 
to our latest patron, Paul Llewellyn. Paul, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Uh, it means we can keep doing what we're doing. Uh, and we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And please do get in touch on all the social channels where you can have lots of little uh, bits and pieces and stuff, uh, including when we're about to record a new episode, if we want you to um, give us a shout. We're on at 2 Geekscast. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for those. And we're also on YouTube as well. Um, we'll have little clips in there. Also, all episodes ever are now on there. If you'd rather, if you're just one of those people that loves listening to podcasts on YouTube or you find it easier to share with your friends, we're all on, on there as well. Yes, and you can also email us, podcast at twogeeks2beers.com and send us suggestions for future episodes, uh, thoughts, feedback, like uh, stop tackling major franchises. These episodes are too long. Um <laughs> But no, we are actually uh, thinking about episode length at the moment. Uh, so tell us, you know, get in touch. Tell us what you want. You know, are shorter episodes preferable because they're easier to fit in around your day? Or do you just want as much Two Geeks, Two Beers as you can possibly get? Just longer, longer episodes. Uh, let us know what you would prefer. Uh, so that is it. Thanks for listening. Now, Tom, let's transform and roll out. <laughs> <laughs> What was that? <laughs> it's trying to do the impression of the, you know, when they try and when they transform. And oh, it's got a little noise. <laughs> yeah, that's that's far better than bum 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 bum. That's what I just did. <laughs>